I'm Jerry Black. I'm a police detective. Just like to talk to you about uh, your daughter. What daughter? You did have a daughter that went missing three years ago, didn't you? Did you come here to tell me that uh, something happened to her? I uh, know, no, sir. It did you find her dead or something? No, no, sir. We're uh, we're still trying to find her. Anything you might tell me about her? Uh, could you describe her? must be she must be different now she was so pretty hmm. I miss her so much just used to like hold each other. <laughs> I was supposed to take care of her. She was my little girl, you know. I just... <sighs> Where is my little girl? Welcome to your show of shows, the Cinema 9 Podcast, where we talk movies and film. Does it hold up? That's our thing. See that right above me? Uh, right there. There it is. And we will determine whether today's movie, selected by Travis, who is back with us, The Pledge, 2001 film directed by Sean Penn, will it hold up? We'll get to that later in the show, like we always do. Now, hopefully, we'll have a shorter episode than last week's, which ran a little long. Uh, there were yeah, Travis is making faces. Uh, Travis Roy, Eric Branchum, Michael Govia here as your host. Travis, last week's show featured Van Lee as our guest. You were spending quality time with the family, so that must have been yeah. wonderful. Oh, it was it was wonderful to see my brother. I hadn't seen him in almost exactly three and a half years, and mm. so that was really nice to get some quality time with him. 
Um, it was really weird to miss an episode. It's only the second episode in over two years that I've missed. I didn't know it was going to be an extra long bonus episode where there was trivia, Star Wars stuff, Seinfeld <laughs> trivia. I'm like, what are they just trying to fuck me here? They're trying to fuck me. <laughs> uh, Van, did, Van did a great job, though. That was the Seinfeld was an addition. I told you I would do the Star Wars, but then I was like, I listened to Van's show, which is called the Boop Tube Boys, which you should check out. And I listened to yeah. their Seinfeld episodes. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know. Eric was known as a Seinfeld fan growing up, so I thought they should go head to head. So just know it was nothing personal at all, my no, friend. I took it very personally. But it's going to be back. <laughs> it is going to be back. Yeah, I'm glad you got to see your brother. That's fun. Yeah, that's and uh, I wish him all the best in 2022 and beyond. Every year going forward, I'll wish him the best. I, I'm going to say that on the record. Uh, Eric Branch, I'm in Griffith, Indiana. Uh, summertime drags on. Are you depressed yet? <laughs> no, uh, I, I got that tooth checked out I was talking to you guys about. Yeah, uh, yeah good. good. I was for just you. like popping Advil's like Tic Tacs for like over a month. But I made the call. I went in there today and my doctor was like, how like how, how like how have you been dealing with this pain? Like this tooth is <laughs> fucked. This looks like uh, a, a, a crater. Uh, but we got it taken care of and I'm feeling great right now on this amoxicillin. All right. Oh, so you had like an infection then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was infected as hell. He was like, cancel all my appointments. This kid is fucked. <laughs> You're not a kid. You're a 40-something-year-old yeah, man. Yeah, this kid. <laughs> you, you can't be waiting a month on a tooth infection anymore, my friend. Please, no. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you finally got taken care of. I feel great. I'm uh, allergic to amoxicillin. I can't take that. Yeah. So it goes back to my grandfather. I guess it's a hereditary oh, thing. It's you gotta do. Well. Um, you got to use crystals. That's what it is. Yes, you, you, crystals, uh, and then like uh, what's that? Probiotic stuff? sage, burn oh, some right. sage, uh, burn sage. Yeah, yeah. My brother loves sage. I'm really into burning that sage. Has it really ever changed anyone's life in a meaningful way? Let me know. Set up a nine pod, protonmail.com. I put a crystal on my tooth last night, so I maybe wouldn't have to go to the dentist. It did not work at all. I'm shocked to hear that. Uh, I like the, the crystal ship by the doors. It's a beautiful song. Crystal. Uh, I Crystal skulls. Say. All right. That so no 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 Crystal skulls. The band. Not not, oh, not fucking. Oh, I never even see the Indiana Jones movie. I saw that in the theater. I was like, oh well, this is happening. I gotta go see this in the theater, of course. And... I'll see the fifth one. I'm skipping number four. I don't need no Shia LaBeouf. Thank you, uh, Eric. You saw that in the theater, I'm sure, right? I came around. I like the film. You like yeah. it now? Yeah, yeah, I like it now. You've you've had <laughs> time to think about it, and it, you actually <laughs> like it. Yeah, I do. I enjoy it. That's He's owning that. All right, well, I've not seen it, so I can't judge. I just know I don't want to see it. Please just know that, like, if you apparently a refrigerator can save you from a nuclear blast. Did you know that? So. Uh, they've been wanting to do that since writing Back to the Future, so that makes sense. Yeah, they but finally did it. it. You know, you could survive a plane crash by jumping out of a plane and with an inflatable raft, Mike, and be <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> oh christ that was a shithole of a movie and i can't believe that i mean harrison ford is really doing this fifth one and he's 70 something he's 80 Easy, right he's 80 he's, he's, he's yeah. 80 yeah he's an octogenarian mm -hmm. I, i'm all for that shit I, I gotta tell you when i rewatch, not to go you know i know there was a lot of star wars talk last week but uh when i <laughs> There were some comments made in our text thread right after listening <laughs> yeah, and viewing the show about last week's show having too much Star Wars talk and that it was yeah. too long. And 120 episodes, and then there was one episode that I missed that we actually <laughs> talked about at Star Wars, and we got complaints. <laughs> well, I wanted, you know, I wanted to talk uh, in more detail about Obi Wan Kenobi, but you did not want to finish the show. So. 
Um, I'll I'll watch it. Still See, look at that. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. no fucking rush. I'm feeling it. Although I, the the preview for Andor looks pretty good. I mean, I didn't Ooh. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it with the audio on because you know I don't how I feel about previews. But the oh the yeah, ima- yeah, the yeah. images looked good to me. I thought it looked so quality. You intentionally watched it. Um, I no watched it. On. I watched it with no sound on. Yes, I, I did that on the internet. Yes, I okay. glanced at it. I let I let myself have those moments because you know my guard is like not as up. I'm like I'm less and less interested in the Star Wars content after Boba Fett and and, and Obi Wan. So like you know it's there's the stakes are lower. So okay, More well I, check it out. Okay, that's totally fair. Uh, we speaking of Boba Fett. Stay tuned, because we may be having a special guest coming up on the show, which we will announce when it's official. But that's a little teaser for you there. Read between the lines. Read the tea leaves. Have some fun with that. Also, I will be... Uh, I'm going to be on the Nightwing show there with that Nightwing dude. You know, oh. I... Yeah, I don't even know what the hell's going on over there. Like, but they do a really good job. I did watch it over on YouTube. I can't remember exactly what the name of the show is right now. This looks really bad. I'm probably ruining this. You could but, have like, he, He's... <laughs> Well, he calls himself Nightwing, and he does a show with other uh, hardcore, you know, movie enthusiasts, and they're big into comic book stuff. In fact, really, Travis is the one who should probably be on that show, but uh, uh, you're still welcome to come, too, which we didn't talk about. I'm going to go, so I'm showing up. I like some of that stuff, and it should be a good time. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know when that's going to be. That's supposed to be next Tuesday, the 9th, and they, the pro, oh, I know why I didn't tell you, because they recorded, like, they're West Coasters. So I thought mm. you'd be in bed. They we have to I record at ele- eleven p.m. at night. Eleven p.m. at night on a Tuesday. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be fast okay, asleep. So it's gonna be great. I've, yeah, see that's what I was thinking of you. That's exactly what I, I appreciate. Thought. It. I teach. You, you know, know that yeah. I care. You gotta get up early and do stuff. You got a life, man. I get it. Uh, oh, I got bogus connection. Bogus connection. You Is got it a me? bogus connection. I hope it's you. I hope Not it's, me. Yeah, I'm getting low signage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, you're, yeah, you're getting yeah. all goofy and weird. Come back to us. You, you can hear up. me though. Huh? Can you guys hear? Me? Uh, it's a little fucked up. I see a bogus going on? thing there. Hmm. Why don't you uh, work on Good that, and I'll, and I'll get into my uh, my my quarantine viewing picks. What do you think? Good call. All right, he'll he'll Hi, deal Travis. with that. Hi, hi, what Eric. You been just, watching, man? It's just you and me. Um, you know, it's I've got two weeks worth of shit here. Oh, bring um, it. I watched a lot of stuff, but I'll 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 try and hit the main the main points. Sure. I, I was hoping to get um both. You know what? I'll hit I'll hit him with this because I got some trivia for you guys, but I'll wait till mm, he comes back. That's fun. I watched a few things. You know what? I watched the Gray Man, the the new uh, Did Russo you? Brothers film. Did you? Maybe my expectations were kind of low or something, but I loved this movie. I mean, oh for my what, god, for what it. For what it is, I mean, I went in expecting, you know, an action kind of, you know, extravaganza. Hey, he's right. back and he's clear. Hey, Mike. Um, I'm talking about The Gray Man, and I love The Gray Man. I want a sequel. I Shit. thought it was fun. I thought, I mean, I was really, really into The Gray Man. I Why don't really understand. Pissed? I don't really understand the tepid reviews, except for I think that it's the 21st century and everyone is meh about just about everything. Because, oh. I mean, if I mean, unless you were expecting... I mean, it's an action movie. So, like, but it's mm-hmm. a you know, it's a somewhat elevated action movie. It's not stupid. I, I thought it was great. I, I mean, if you like stuff like Born Identity and and the and the um, Bond movies and Mission Impossible and stuff, it to me it fit right in with that kind of stuff in a good way. I totally dug it. Cool. All right, here's here's my trivia for you guys. I'm gonna hit you with some trivia, and I'm gonna start giving you some pieces of information, and you let me know when you know what movie it is I'm talking okay, about. Okay, bring it. All right, Carly Simon won. Best song Academy Award 
for Let the River Run for this movie. It stars the likes of Oliver Platt, Kevin Spacey, Harrison Ford, Crossing Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Working Girl? Working Girl. I watched Working Girl. I knew someone working would get girl. there eventually. I'm like, this. I mean, I could keep going. This cast was nuts. I mean, like, I was like, really? And it was a much better movie. Of course, it's directed by Mike Nichols. And mm. that's that's the key trick right there. I mean, it, this mm. was a good movie. Good script. I thought I'd seen it before, so I never bothered. Mm-hmm. It's Melanie really Griffith. good. Yeah. And, Mel- of course, Melanie Griffith. We have to say Melanie Griffith. I, I loved it. It was fantastic. Wow. Um, so I thought, why not watch another Mike Nichols movie? But one I'd seen before, but it had been a long time. So I watched this fucking movie. <laughs> it's called The Day of the Dolphin. You guys well, familiar uh, with The Day yeah. of the Dolphin? The Day I... of the Dolphin is based on an international bestseller. It was what Roman Polanski was working on when his wife was murdered by the fucking Charlie Mansonites. Um, it was directed by Mike Nichols. It stars George C. Scott and Paul Servino. And it was a script written by Buck Henry. And this fucking movie is about George C. Scott teaching dolphins to talk. And through the whole movie, he's talking to dolphins. And the doc- dolphins talk back in single, like, syllables. They go, hey, hey. This is a dream. This fucking happened. I saw it when I was a kid, and I revisited it. It's even weirder as an adult. Eventually, one of the dolphins tries to kill the president. Spoiler alert. It is the weirdest <laughs> fucking movie. I mean, just. Oh, my God. Hi, hi. I mean, this is like literally how they talk. It is so <laughs> weird, but it's hilarious. It's definitely a good late night watch. Uh, a, a what the fuck am I watching kind of watch. The Day of the Dolphin. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I like. You know, what does a dolphin like... have against the president? It was, they were trained. They were they were oh, trained okay. and misused. Anyways, oh, okay. <laughs> you're not missing that much. I um, I figured, you know, I liked Bull, Dur- Bull Durham, so I thought I watched For Love of the Game. And <laughs> I, so I did I. That's did so too. funny. I and I, I never, oh, yeah. I sat through it once, I think, and fast forwarded it. But yeah, I, <laughs> I sat, did. well, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know that. I, I think I hardly watched it. I was, I seen enough glimpses of it. I wasn't sure if I'd actually watched it straight yeah. through so i yes i sat down and did that as well what'd you think, <laughs> what'd you think? Wow. well i thought i i i just thought the love story i just didn't have a lot of desire to sit through it and it's a yep. movie that's almost two hours and 20 minutes Ooh. so it's i don't know sam raimi uh, the, the longer <laughs> time goes on man i know that you've kind of shit on him recently that's i don't want to shit on to watch it oh okay yeah. that makes sense too i i i just I don't know if he's as great as some people. Maybe people don't think he's that great. Maybe think he's an average director in the end. Anyways, I know he's yeah. he's the you know he set his he set the tone for his career with the legendary you know Evil Dead. I get that, but right. hmm. and then yeah. and you know he'll know what he is. He's the fucking Weezer of directors because like he did like this this <laughs> thing that everyone liked early on. Then he tried branching out and growing up and like doing something yeah. like here. There's some serious work and everyone went eh, I don't yeah. know. And he's like, well, do you like the bloody black blood on the women thing? Um, Chad says he's just tuning like in. Dolphin? Big fan of Day of the Dolphin, Travis. Oh, big fan of Dolphin, Travis. I want to hear more. I'm <laughs> telling you, at one point, George C. Scott tells the dolphin, "You're a dolphin. You're a pain in the ass." And the dolphin goes, "Ass." <laughs> Mike Nichols Li- literally yes. happens. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, for the love of the game, you know, it's got Brian Cox and yeah. John C. Riley and John Kevin C. Kelly Preston. 
Yeah. Rest in power, Kelly Preston, a beautiful and talented actress. And, Gorgeous. Eh, it was okay. If I will say from a baseball perspective, just as a side note, it's actually pretty well done. Bull Durham was well done, and this is well done. It also features the Tigers, which is kind of cool, a real team, right. versus right. the Yankees, a real team. And, uh, I, you know, as a local, I got into some of the stuff going on there, but uh, it's just too much of, like, this. The love story. Uh, how do you feel about the back and forth? The okay, he's in the game, and then it's like yeah. we're flashing back. It's a, it's the, is it an all time record for we're going back and forth <laughs> in this film? It it is very um, flashbacky. Uh, I think the the movie's hmm. strongest when it's in the present when he's playing the game because because like in another universe or another take of this script, it's an hour and forty five minutes long. It, the focus is almost solely on the game, and there are some flashbacks to like you know, kind of make it a little richer in his, mm. in his life and stuff. But the movie goes off the rails about halfway through when it tries to make it more about the love story than the, than just the story of this character and what he's doing. And like the fact that like, this is his last chance. To, and I also had a, the premise ruined when I read the fucking, I think it was the IMDb DB gave away like how it ends. I'm like, Oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> I guess I know what to expect now, but I, I actually, on, I, did, I did like for love of the game. I watched The Boys from Brazil from 1978. This movie stars the likes of Sir Lawrence Olivier, Gregory Peck, James Mason, and Sir Steven Gutenberg, which was um, <laughs> which was interesting. But I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. It was pretty mm. good. I, it's one of those movies I heard of my whole life. I was like, I'll see that someday. But I kind of like thought I didn't need to bother since I knew the ending. Um, mm. But it was still totally worth seeing. Gregory Peck as a Nazi, as Joseph Mengele is pretty good damn <laughs> it's pretty good um i'll start to wrap this up here i watched this movie called remember with um it's an anime going film and it stars christopher Plummer and martin landau which i'm always you know martin landau just churned out a bunch of stuff towards the end of his life where he looked like like another one with paul Servino where he plays just like he's in a nursing home as he plays mm -hmm. a person in a nursing home home in this one but it was really good it's about a guy who's mm -hmm. uh, christopher Plummer is like an amnesia well dementia patient that um his wife passes and he is like okay now that she's gone i can go kill the nazi that killed my family like, like but like he doesn't really it's so there's some memento kind of like memento where he doesn't fully know what's going on a lot of time he has to like be reminded and he's like all, out on his own but if you like either any of these actors or adam egoian movies um, totally check out remember it was it was pretty good mm. uh disappointed with the city portier film hanky panky but i think i've now officially watched every <laughs> gene wilder film so that was cool mm. um i watched this movie called battleground from 1949 my buddy dan has been trying to get me to watch this movie for a while it was supposed to be filmed in 1947 or 48 it's literally like the first movie to come out of world war ii like based on like like at least after world war ii ended it's extremely realistic. It's about the 101st and, and the Battle of the Bulge. And um, it was really good, really diverse uh, characters, even though they all kind of look the same, just a bunch of white guys in black and white. They had like very different pers personalities <laughs> and responses to like the, the, the war and stuff. And it dealt with like it's very like, you know, they're like digging foxholes and they're dealing with um, oh, it's very like day to day stuff. You get like a good sense of, you know. Obviously, I've never been to war, but I feel like it gives a decent sense of what of, at a glance of World War. You've II. never been to war. huh? Well, I've not been. Bad. I'm happy to say um, I'll wrap this up here. Uh, nope. I went and saw Nope in theaters. Mm. I loved okay. it. I loved Nope. 
I loved Nope. Uh, this is the first movie in a five-picture deal that Universal has done with Jordan Peele. Um, the idea is that he's going to be re you know, releasing all original content. Mm. I really loved Get Out like most people, and I really liked Us like most people, and I really loved Nope. I mean, um, there is, of course, social commentary. It's less overt than some of the other stuff that he's done. It, it, I think it would work on its own level, like just as like a kind of action horror mystery movie, but also... It's, I mean, I've been churning it, you know, for days in my head mm. uh, and that kind of stuff. It's really, I really liked Nope. And D Jordan Peele is still, like, I, I think he's one of the best directors working. I mean, I, I think that he is smart in his choice of cinematographers and his actors as well. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is awesome in it. Oh, and Michael, nope. Win Michael Wincott's got like third yeah, billing, which that. is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. Nope. Nope. It was good. And those are the movies I watched. <laughs> nope, yep. Nope, yep. Nope, yep. Nope, yep. Yep. Nope, yep. Nope, yep. All right. That's cool. Uh, by the way, I want to clarify just before we get to Eric's, what he's been watching. Uh, the Nightwing podcast mm. is a part of a greater media empire going on within what is known as Master Swag King. So I'm going to be on the Nightwing podcast, I believe, which is a part of this greater empire that they have going on they got all kinds of podcasts going on within their channel it's pretty cool and that channel is called variety content entertainment they have over three thousand subscribers on youtube so if you want to be the next one go check out master swag king and all of his links there you go all right yeah i did it. Uh, i made things right you did good yeah, I watched Furry Vengeance, starring Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Uh, he's a real estate agent besieged <sighs> by local wildlife after uh, he threatens to get involved in deforestation. Um, <laughs> came up on the television. I hit play. I saw Brendan Fraser's warm, earnest face, and I hit play. <laughs> and I'm Is this new be, or old? I'm, it's 2010. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. This was like... Uh, I think there was the most critis critically despised film of 2010 aside from the last airbender um Ooh. <laughs> you loved it i was I, I was i was laughing yeah, i was laughing uh i cannot help it like i i love slapstick like i grew up with like jim varney and you know chevy chase and laurel and hardy like i can't help it I've, like a dude gets like smacked in the face by like a raccoon paw like i laugh like it's just my nature I, I laugh. I mean, it's like embarrassingly, like objectively bad with like the most racist performance of all time by Ken Jeong as this Japanese businessman. It's so cringeworthy. I almost threw up. But I had some laughs, man. I just said, fuck it. I'm going to sit here and watch this whole thing. And, and I dug the movie. What can, what can I say, man? Furry Vengeance gets my recommendation. There goes my street cred. Um, speaking of street cred, I watched. Okay, I watched Street Smart, 1987, Christopher Reeve, and uh, he plays an investigative reporter tasked with trying to figure out how pimps make so much money. <laughs> huh. All right. Yeah. Morgan how do they Freeman, do it? Morgan Freeman plays Fast Black, and uh, Christopher Reeve targets him, and he tries to get a story out of him after this murder or whatever. Very dull, very dull movie. Like it was, it was pretty boring. Aside from you know some good performances, it was boring. Mm. Can't recommend Street Smart. Then no I gave... furry vengeance, huh? No, for, yeah, no, for, no, no, furry no, no. vengeance was better, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but what about it, this real quick on Brandon Fraser? Yeah, um, 
Brendan Fraser going to be in the whale with Darren Aronofsky? And there's a Fraser uh, assance going on. Sadly, now that Batgirl's canceled, he was the main villain in that. Yeah. Uh, but we won't be seeing that. But we'll also yeah, be seeing we'll see. him in uh, Killing of the King, Killing of the Flower Moon. He's working with Scorsese. He just worked with Steven Soderbergh. And I'm, I'm excited to have him back. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pumped for that. Um, Mulholland Falls, man. Like, I saw the cast, and I was like, how bad could it have been? Like, I remember it being so boring. But this cast is out of control. I hit play. I sat there and watched it. It was so boring. It was so boring. Like, every scene was just so lifeless, aside from some Jennifer Connelly scenes. Uh, <laughs> but every other scene was so dull. I don't know how this got the green light. I saw it in theaters. I remember being uh, incredibly disappointed because I mean that cast, you know. And I saw oh, it in theaters. And I'm like, what? How did how did this go wrong? Yeah, it went wrong. Yeah, yeah it went Aww. it went wrong. Uh, Three Faces of E from 1957. I always wanted to see this. Joanne Woodward gets Best Actress. She plays a woman with multiple personalities. It's like the first time they tried doing that in a film, yeah. and is fucking fantastic, man. She was so good in it. All right. I thought she was kind of like a bland actress, uh, but she was wow. fucking awesome in this. That's cool. I, I want to watch that new uh, documentary that Ethan Hawke did, but I'd never seen yeah. any of her movies, so I watched uh, The Long Hot Summer, and, uh, yeah. and it, it was good. Orson Welles yeah. was the... Uh, obviously, he took the cake. Yeah, that one. Oh, I bet he did. He ate the cake yeah. and everything else. <laughs> All over his face. All of his face. Best fuck about it. Every Easiest dessert. jokes possible. Uh, also, Chase Palmateri was in Mulholland Falls. Oh, God. And so boring. Did you guys know that he had a vitiligo? I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually had a... Seen him I naked, did two... So. Uh, well, no, you don't have to see him naked. Uh, apparently... So I did two 15-hour drives recently mm -hmm. uh, in three days, which is just the stupidest thing you'll ever do, especially straight yeah. through. 30 hours in four days is hell on earth. But I will say uh, we talked about a lot of things, and uh, we talked about vitiligo for some reason. And then hmm. Leanne Googled Jazz Palmentariat, and he had, he had mm -hmm. it. He was one of the guys, but he's he's very proud, and he does not want ever to be seen without his makeup on. It's, he takes oh. it very seriously. And I can you know, I understand that it's not easy to lose the pigment in your skin. So I just didn't know that about him. And I, I wish you well, Chaz Balmateri. Thinking of you. Chaz, you got that in there? Chaz, <laughs> you're in our thoughts. <laughs> you all got that I in there? I just stopped the show on a dime. Wow, okay. I'm just still like, Vital, Vital, Am I saying it right? Uh, I, think I, I've been, I don't it. know. I guess I'm saying it. I've been saying it wrong. I'm guessing. I think I've been saying Vitaglio, but that sounds, sounds Shit, suddenly you're wrong. You're probably right, man. I just, I don't even know. It's a tough one. I, I'll be mm. honest. It's tough for me. Dude, um, I watched two great documentaries to kind of close things out. First one was, uh, I finally got around to Roadrunner, the film about Anthony Bourdain. Uh, oh, really I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't think I ever I talked it. about that. Can we talk about that for you a second? Think? Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think I talked about it. I don't think I did because I, it kind of came and went in my life, and I watched it about six weeks ago. Did you? And it, oh, you know what we did talk about a little bit when Robbie was on. Sorry. Okay, mm. I'll, I'll I'll pull back. I'll pull back. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, great portrait. They, I kept hoping they wouldn't get into the whole tragic end to him, but I guess it's part of his, you know, story overall. But are I was like, when they, me? it's very much a part of the story. What do you? I mean? know, but it was. It, it, I like when the documentaries kind of celebrate the life and then, you know, they don't focus too much on, on that. But, oh, uh, fuck oh, that. Yeah, I overall. want the truth. I want to know the truth. And I think Anthony Bourdain would want, it's actually a testament to him to be very honest about everything. That's who he was, I think. 
Wasn't there some sort of controversy about that documentary though? Like his family didn't, or his partner didn't want it coming out or something. I feel like there, I feel like there was some pushback on that one, but I don't quote me on that. Okay. Well, everyone hated Argento for like what he did, like how she treated Bourdain uh, as in their last relationship, I guess after this is all alleged, like she broke up with him and it just devastated him beyond reproach. And yeah, but that was not, it wasn't Look, touched what, on. No one talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, that's fair. What I will say is what you learn about him is what I found so fascinating about the film. Mm-hmm. This guy was just obsessed. And whatever he did, he was just constantly obsessed into it in an unhealthy way, frankly. That's how I see it. And I saw so mm-hmm. many people in my life around me in the past and present. And I was like, oh, wow, that's just like that. That makes so much sense. And mm-hmm. they you get so obsessed with something. It's in an unhealthy way. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was. He was just so addicted to whatever he was doing in an unfortunately unhealthy way. And I think yeah. there's some lessons to be taken from that that will help people down the road, hopefully. I don't know the quote exactly, but I know he said something along the lines of, like, every day I have to fight the the guy inside of me who wants to just smoke weed and watch old movies all the day all the all day long and i'm like oh i let that guy win like 20 30 years ago we're having a great time over here anthony yeah hey we're not we're not very well off but we're making the best of it we're doing all right yeah beautiful story and beautifully made uh just uh, such a loss um yeah but even better in my opinion was bill w i watched the documentary on bill wilson who you know he uh fathered alcoholics anonymous and it's just a great story they get they get all into it including you know the fundamentalism behind the program and it's like a warts and all documentary super interesting uh profile of this guy who this helped so many recent? people out like a, i think, I think it was 2012 i think it was 2012 but i had never heard of it and it just kind of popped up uh and, I, and it was fantastic man it was really Where'd you watch that is that on like a streaming service i could watch or I watched it on Prime, Michael. Damn it! <laughs> One day I'll have Prime. Someday. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Bezos. CEO of that song is so good, man. Put that song on. I'll be dancing anytime. I don't care what day it is. Dance worthy grave. Did you watch anything else, bud? Eric? No, but uh, yeah, check out Bill W, man. I walked away. I wrote down one of his quotes. He's talking about his alcoholism, and he writes down... That it released him from his gnawing sense of inferiority. And I underlined it about 10 times. And I really got to thinking about some choices I've made in my life for a long time. So if you're struggling with alcohol, check that out. Maybe it can inspire you to think differently about some things. All right. That's a lovely message. Thank you, Eric. I like that. Uh, I've learned a lot about him, uh, especially from my brother, who's like his biographer. So uh, mm. no, it's not all it's not all good, but it's not all terrible. <laughs> no, and they that? don't shy away from the truth either. That's what I love. Oh, about. good. Okay. I want to fire that up. I've checked it out. <sighs> so my name is Michael and I watch some stuff. Uh, I watched for the love of the game, which we already covered. Uh, mm. But so then I was, you know, we watched I, watched. I was on a baseball kick. I was like, oh, yeah, what other baseball movies have I not seen in a while? And I finally found the scout. Which I hadn't seen in a long time. How was it? Is it streaming somewhere? Brendan Fraser in his prime. Uh, It was not streaming. It was really hard for me to find. I'll just say that. Uh, (laughs) It took a long time, and I barely pulled it off. 
But I watched that movie like a billion times when I was 15 <laughs> or so years old on HBO. Every day it was just on again and again and again in 1995, 96. And, uh, you, know, good? It's, you know, what's funny about this? Uh, there's this guy named Shohei Otani now who is like a superstar in real life. He's came over from Japan and he throw he pitches and hits. There's nobody who actually who does both. Like Babe Ruth did it a hundred years ago, but it, no one's really done it since. But this guy Shohei Otani has shown up in real life and been this game-changing figure in the world of baseball today. It's incredible. So in the scout, Brendan Fraser is this guy who can hit and throw really, really well. And it's just unbelievable at the time. I remember thinking how stupid it was. Like, nobody could do both this well. This is so dumb. But now that Shohei Otani exists in the real world, seeing this movie, it's like, wow, I guess... Maybe that yeah, it's not as crazy as it once seemed. It's real life came true in a way. So, uh, I know that that movie was in a lot of development hell for years. In fact, I heard Kevin Costner talking on Bill Simmons' podcast a while back about how uh, it was a Roddy Dangerfield vehicle. He was going to be the Albert Brooks role in the Scout back in the eighties. So, really, Albert, Albert Kevin Costner in a baseball movie that would have been a good career move. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure if Kevin was going to be in it or not. Uh, yeah, maybe he would have. He would have been young enough. You're right. Uh, Albert Brooks is a guy that I really respect a lot. I really have a ton of respect for him. I think he's a funny guy, but he doesn't always make me laugh out loud necessarily. I think sure. he's funny. Mm. Uh, but sometimes he can really miss, too. It's strange. And, mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, he can, actually. Usually he yeah. doesn't, but when he does, it's obvious. Yeah, right? He, it's just like, unfortunately, like, like the whole, you're just watching this movie and you just, you're not as funny as you think you are in this man. And I, I don't <laughs> want to ruin a party for him or anything. I'm sure he's come to terms with the scout a long time ago, but yeah, he's just, <laughs> Brenda Fraser's great in it. Yeah, yeah, you can't find it anywhere, but Brenda Fraser's good in it. He really uh, played, they tried to make it about like finding this unique guy in the middle of nowhere in Mexico where they make it seem like nobody played baseball in Mexico in the mid 90s. I'm like, dude, Baseball is a huge part of Latin American culture. You're you're a moron. Like whoever thought yeah. this idea was like, I can't believe they have baseball in Mexico. Like they make it very clear in that way in the film. It's so stupid. Uh, anyways, it's not a good movie, but I watched it. I can't recommend it though. I couldn't. But Brent <laughs> Fraser was good. He was good. He played serious and silly all at once. He was he was in his prime. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, so then I watched JCVD, which I've been dying to watch <laughs> for yeah, a while. I've seen that. What'd you think? God, I loved it, man. I really, it was just, it's just, I wish I'd watched it when it came out because yeah. it really lines up with what was going on with his life and his career at that time. I believe it was 08-ish. 08, 08 it came out. Sounds right. And I wish I'd watched it then because like, he was just like the master of straight to DVD movies at that time and his life had not gone the way he wanted it to. And, and there's a lot of existential dread and you know disappointments and frustrations of life and all mixed into this like meta situation it's it's a it's a wild film and it's got a lot of subtitles in it so i mean if that's not your thing i guess you know don't watch it but it's a really good yeah. unique film i, I dig I remember, it i remember being worried that um um what's the new nick cage movie i'm blanking on the name Oh, the uh, one, uh, yeah, the one I slept through. Yeah. Uh, did you sleep through it? Well, that I slept in, I, it wasn't there. I oh, you literally slept through it. I want to say it's extremely loud, incredibly close, but that's not right. 
<laughs> That's a much different movie. Things are doing unbear- when you're dead. Things yeah. are doing different when you're dead, right? No, the unbearable lightness of being. That's right. <laughs> the unbearable hey. weight of massive talent. So I don't an Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Rappaport. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I remember thinking, like, is this going to be very similar to JCVD? And fortunately, it wasn't. It was it's very much its own thing, whatever the fuck it's called. And uh, I'm a huge Nick Cage fan, as you guys know. I'm just, it's just an yeah, yeah. unwieldy title. Massive talent is usually what I think I refer to it as. Anyway, uh, JCVD is a really unique picture that if you like <laughs> movies at all, you should probably watch. Ooh, all right. I think. Uh, I, I suck at that. Hell yeah, it is. I second that. I am here, here, good sir. Here, here. That's right. Whatever they used to say back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're funny today. Uh, like, not that you're not funny other times. Uh, I try not usually, to funny sometimes, too. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Travis, uh, yeah. does, Far- does Fargo hold up? We never got your. Uh... <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's convenient that this was the movie that I missed because I'd, I just talked about it like two or three months ago when I watched it with my mom. Hmm. And. and hmm. uh, yeah, I loved it. It holds up okay. great. So it does hold up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not my favorite of the Cohen movies, uh, but certainly one of my favorite of the Cohen movies. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and the, lastly, I watched uh, Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg's new offering, Father Stew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I almost pulled the trigger the other day. How was it? Well, it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, what was it? It's okay. It wasn't uh, what I thought it would be. <laughs> like, I don't even know what you thought it was going to be. So this is. I thought it was going to. I guess I just thought on the surface it was just your typical like, hey, this guy's going to go to prison for forty years and get out and then like change his life and become a father. But it's not what it is at all. <laughs> that's all I'll say. So oh. that's on me. I'm glad I got it wrong. They they threw a curveball at me. Uh, does uh, I, does John Claude Van Damme play himself in this one? I wish he did. It would be interesting <laughs> to see how they would fit this into the situation. But uh, supposedly one of those movies, unlike Fargo. That's based on a very true story. So mm. I uh, I think it's worth a watch. I do like to see Mel Gibson go head to head with Mark Wahlberg. They, they hate each other in the movie. So it's like, oh, this is, that's kind of Mel Gibson when he's ornery as fuck playing a guy who's ornery as fuck. He does a really <laughs> good job. <laughs> I don't know if he's even acting. Uh, truth be told. But Yikes. I am, you know. I got Jewish blood running through my veins, so I know the past of Mel Gibson, and I'm a fan of Mel Gibson. I still, I think he's a very creative, unique human being. He's also had a lot of problems with alcohol, so I also give him some passes because I know that who people are is not exactly who they really are when they're drunk or fucked up, and I've learned that lesson the most in my life at this point that I, I don't, I don't excuse people from their actions, but it's People who do things when they're messed up on booze or other substances, it's not who they truly are at most of the time. Some of the time, maybe that is the case, but most of the time it's not been that in my experience. So uh, I forgive L. Gibson. I think he means well. We might disagree on some other issues, but I just think he's a real creative force, and uh, and I, res- I respect that about him. I do know that I've seen Daddy's Home 2 way too many times, and they have good chemistry, <laughs> so I should probably watch the, yeah. the, the other one because I, I love mm. both the Daddy's Home movies. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> hey. I mean, John Cena's seen... in the second one, so that obviously goes along. Yeah, well, that makes me. sense. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah, obvious. Got to get my Cena file on. Damn. 
Okay, well, there it is. That's what we've been watching. That's what we're offering. We thank you for listening and watching the Cinnamon Eyed Podcast. We got some great reviews recently. We'd really like to thank everybody. Yeah, we really did. It's been it's been awesome. Thank you for everybody. There's, there's been a lot, so we're not going to read them like we sometimes would, but uh, we had a, we've had a flurry lately. But all of you, we've read them all, and we truly appreciate it. Very kind of you. Thank you. Keep on coming. Tuesday is my... Uh... 42nd birthday and what better way to say happy right. birthday to your favorite cinema nine co-host and by uh, a five-star review on apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah well we don't know who the favorites are we've never done a poll so I mean, if we really want to divide ourselves up that's always oh, a great God. way to build camaraderie amongst the show so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Who's the most attractive? No. Yeah, who's the most attractive? Who has the biggest bank account? Uh, you know, anything we can separate ourselves from. Let's find those markers and oh, I lose that one. Lock them in. Does Mike hold up? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a good question. We should all be asking ourselves that. But no, thank you for the reviews. They mean a lot to us because they help us grow and expand into new opportunities. And uh, we're gonna have more guests coming up soon, so stay tuned on all that. We'll be announcing those as they come up. And uh, any other shows we'll be on, we'll be letting you know about. So don't change that dial. That's just such a dated thing to say. Don't Don't you go changing. Don't you go changing. Don't go breaking my heart. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, that's enough of that. It is time now for us to focus in on Travis's selection. A movie 20 years gone, 21 years gone, 2001's The Pledge. Glory. Happened to you. <laughs> so sorry, my ex. I was just so scared. He's gonna kill me. It's all right. I lived in you. Where's Chrissy? She's in the car. No, no, she's I got in the it. car. No, 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 no. She's okay. It's all right. I'll take he, he her. He didn't touch her. He no. didn't touch her. He didn't. He didn't. Whether restraining order, he's still gonna beat me up. And then they put him in jail for it. He won't be able to pay child support payments. That's why he's beating me up to begin with. Just hold still. All right, this point. All right, that's okay now. Just hold still for a minute because this one might sting a little bit, okay? Yeah. All right, just hold still. All right. Right here, that's it. All right, hold still. That's it. All right, all right, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the eye looks okay. I'm not sure you might not want to think about getting a stitch in that lip. Want to miss that uh, half tooth of yours? Drink out of this side for a while, anyway. Listen, uh, Lori, all things considered, I think it might be best if you and your girl stayed out here with me for a while. That's not why I came here. Just hear me out. No strings attached, no obligations, uh, but I've seen these things go from bad to worse. I've got more rooms out here than I know what to do with. I wouldn't ask anything of you, except maybe help out around the station every once in a while, you know, when you're feeling better. Well, just uh, just uh, think about it. Just 
think about it. Directed by Sean Penn, known as an actor and starring an actor named Jack Nicholson. People know him uh, in this very reddish, like Mars. <laughs> is he on Mars in this it's photo? Like a, it's yeah. like a pumpkin. It looks like a jack o Jack Nicholson jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I think he's in the movie Traffic. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's so funny. That's what I thought, too. I'm yeah, like, wow. Mexico so they just orange. like... Everybody who wrapped they wrapped the traffic shoot. They're like, "Hey, don't change a thing. Give us all your filters. Give us everything. We got to shoot the pledge." So that's basically what happened. No. <laughs> so Travis chose this movie, and we're gonna find out if it holds up or not. But uh, take us back in time, Travis. First time you saw the pledge was in two thousand one. I saw it when it was new. I don't recall if I saw it in theaters or not. But I I had seen the Indian Runner and I had seen uh, the Crossing Guard and really thought highly of both of those pictures. So I was ready for him to have a little bit bigger of a budget. I didn't know, as I know now, that the budget he was promised was not the budget that he entirely got. And uh, he ended up not being able to shoot some of the things that he had planned to shoot. So the final product is not what was quite intended. But um, I was was on board for it. And, uh, And I thought highly of it and i remember talking a great length with eric about it which is this is this is why we did ragnarok when you were gone eric because i was going to choose this one that week but i'm like why i'm not going to talk about this movie without eric thank you it'd be weird so (laughs) that would be weird well because in jimmy was probably the only other person our friend jimmy was probably the only other person that i talked i remember talking about this movie a lot with the two of you and i guess probably chad too this was blockbuster era so (laughs) <laughs> I, I know some of these people. Okay, you do. Yeah. What about you, old man? What do you think, Eric? You yeah, I saw it. Uh, so I saw it uh, with uh, Lascal, a friend of the show, Stephen, um, who you remember from our Three Kings episode. Fantastic uh, guest. We all host. who could forget? Who could forget? Um, we saw a double feature of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and The Pledge in January of two thousand one. Hmm. Um, now this is the weird part, but I got to be honest. We we walked out of the theater nonplussed. Um, I mean, albeit it's such a like, you know, watch the film and then come back here and listen to the podcast because it's, it is a downer of an ending. And it's one of those where you are probably going to walk out of the theater just feeling a little bit maybe unsatisfied overall when you're encompassed on that first viewing. Uh, but I mean, do, over the <laughs> over the years, I've seen this like a dozen times. I check in quite, quite often. Oh, OK. I, I had not seen it in a long time. Okay. Okay. Mike, uh, I had never seen it. I had a um, feeling. Oh, oh. I'd seen the Crossing Guard, so I'm glad you chose this one so I could watch this. Uh, I never saw this one, so I didn't have anything to mm. go back on. I remember when this came out. It was a period of time where uh, I was just—I I don't. I remember putting it all together like it was all blah, like the pledge, the Crossing Guard. So for some <laughs> reason, I—I I was a huge. <clears throat> Not as much as I was then, but back then, Jack Nicholson was everything to me. I mean, mm-hmm. grew up on the Batman 89 Joker and uh, everything else he'd done in his career. With uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was my favorite movie in high school. So mm-hmm. I loved Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But by this Both. point, I was like kind of checked out on him. I was like, what am I, the evening star? I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, there's just. City of I, Industry was fault. around here, right? City of Industry. Uh, no, no, not City yeah. of Industry. That was Kytel. Uh, Blood and Wine, I think it was called, actually, yeah, is the one I'm trying to think of. They have yeah. very, they're both like uh, black and white pictures of them in convertibles. That's why I get those two confused, <laughs> ah. I guess. <laughs> Blood and Wine. Shit. Well, hey, totally not memorable. He, he, I mean,. Good as it gets was in 97, though. And, of course, I loved that. So I guess sure. why wasn't I inspired to see this? 
so actually, my case doesn't hold up. Never mind. No. No. Uh, doesn't hold but, up. No, my case doesn't hold up. We'll find out if the movie holds up or not at the end. So on IMDb, I don't know the score, but let's dive into our predictions for the pledge. I feel like there's a lot of child death in this one, and it's not a satisfying <laughs> movie in any way, shape, or form. And it's not but one. It's got that, a like, huge cast. The cast is almost it, when, when you're watching like the, the the names come up, it's like he's bragging, like, "Hey, I got Sam <laughs> Shepard in this one. I, got I know. I got everybody. I got fucking Vanessa yeah. Redgrave. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life?" Um, it's ridiculous. yeah. Michael O'Keefe's an afterthought. The guy from Caddyshack, like, good God, wow. I know, like everybody's in this movie, but um, oh, the the, the IMDb scores that we're looking for. Uh, I, I feel so. like, yeah, I feel like this wasn't for everybody. Why is Harry Dean Stanton an extra? Anyways, um, I feel like this wasn't for everybody. <laughs> I'm going to say 6.4. Yeah, I'm hovering around there. I'll say 6.5, but I think you're right on it, probably. Hmm. Sean Perrin directs. Uh, you got a huge name, huge cast. <laughs> was that Benicio? Was that your Benicio? 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 <laughs> Benicio? 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 I direct. I do. That was inadvertent. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> wow, I didn't realize I had done that. What? So. I I don't know who came up with that for Benicio. If he came up with it, or it oh, just kind of workshopped it. All him. Yeah, I did be. You know that was all him. It and had to be. Fenster made his path on being unintelligible. This was this was him, and Sean's like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Just because he maybe have a mental deficiency doesn't mean he has to talk like that. So I, I, that was a mistake, I feel like. We'll, we'll we can cover that later. Or we'll just announce it now. Yes. And maybe it didn't quite go. Takes you out of the movie? Uh, I I, a very serious scene, too. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe it's a seven-one. I'm gonna say it's a seven-one because right. okay. it's got a lot of prestige unnecessarily. Yeah. Ooh. Thanks. Six point eight. Yeah, oh, right. right between us. Right between us. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I can live with that. All right. Uh, all we always right, give you the reviews right. here. We cruise the review circuit. Let you know what people who review movies for a living sure had to say about every movie that we. <laughs> you guys Honey ever cut? seen the experts? I'm telling you, it's a. Fun movie. Uh, is that like the Expendables? Underrated. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> no, it's not like it's not like the Expendables. The, the expert stars John Travolta and Ari Gross in like 1987. Oh. It's oh, oh man, I have it's seen a, that. Is that the one where they they're like Russian something? Like there's like this Russian yeah, thing going on. Yeah, with that there's one? some heavy. I actually I think Kelly Preston's in that one too. Uh, hmm. Yeah, no that's shit. the one. That's the yeah. one I think where they met. Really, Kelly Preston and Travolta in the 80s. So wow, yeah, yeah good call, Travis. Nice job. Wow. Some heavy uh, Cold War stuff going on in that. A Cold War comedy you can't miss. The wow. experts. It's no Ruskies. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, fine. I'll give it to you. Uh, the Pledge has a 78% from the critics, a rock-solid mm. score, but a uh-uh, 59% from the crowd. That's a tipped-over yeah. bucket of popcorn, <laughs> technically, guys. Okay. That's a 20% gap. 20% gap. This is, not, this, is, this is a challenging film. Yeah. I, oh, you're, really? ju- you're not eating like jujubes while watching, like looking at a mangled eight year old's body. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the Michael Jackson a... gif right now. Yeah. Are they, are they putting their hand in a Ziploc bag right now? I'm going, <laughs> it's just not going <laughs> to. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk. How about Peter Rayner of New York Magazine and Vulture? He said, Penn can't be faulted for his work with the actors. Most of the featured players have only a scene or two. But they're indelible. 
<laughs> yeah, like okay. Every sure. every uh supporting character could headline their own film, but it becomes like it almost becomes like fucking like it's a mad 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 world. Like they just <laughs> these huge <laughs> names keep coming up and delivering like five lines. I don't even yeah. I, I don't even remember the Lois Smith scene. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing yeah, there again? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised when Vanessa Redgrave came back. She didn't have mm, the German accent the second time, but <laughs> yeah, that's odd. That was odd. Hey, Helen Mirren's just in here for a scene. Why not? Uh, oh, wait, Peter no, that's, Travers, right. that's because I got him confused. Yeah. I apologize. She's Is that what you meant? Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, All right, okay. I apologize. Uh, right, keep going. Hey, you know what? At least you you came correct. We're good to go. Peter Travers, the Rolling Stones, said a, a fierce, fragmented, downbeat film, but he gives it four to five stars. So Yeah, it's a good, that's astute. Downbeat is fair. It's How about Terry Lawson of the Detroit Free Press? A gripping, disturbing, and deeply intelligent drama. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, Terry. Uh, Shout out. Hey, love. Terry. Yeah. Terry, are you still alive? Uh, I don't even know if this is a long time ago. So, uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times. We know Ebs. he's not alive. <laughs> Ebs. Ben <laughs> okay. and Nicholson take risks with the material and elevate the movie to another unanticipated haunting level haunting. it was definitely a, a big risk to assume that we're not going to question the lack of dna evidence with toby wadnam's character and how uh, like a precinct can just shelve a case because uh their suspect <laughs> is dead <laughs> what like, you guys <laughs> ever wonder this about this movie Travis, you've seen this a lot of times like i never really thought about it until <laughs> this morning like case closed they they, oh, they, I, they have sexual assault history with this victim. Like uh, the parents don't even get answers. There's no, uh, why, why is this case closed? Um, yeah, I don't, it doesn't say that they find any DNA at the scene. I don't remember that. <laughs> no. So, I mean, they, well, then if they find no DNA at the scene, there can be no DNA evidence. Well, they say him, she was but, sexually assaulted. I, it's just, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they, some, some rape, you know, rapists use condoms. Sorry, this is getting, this is an intense movie. So we're going to talk about some intense fucking shit here. Yeah. If you, yeah, I hope you've seen the film by now. If you're watching or listening, this is the pledge. Spoilers galore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Real quick here, uh, Kirk Honeycutt. There's Honeycutt, not Honey Goody Kids, but Honeycutt. Honeycutt of The Hollywood Reporter said, Jack Nicholson more than delivers the goods in this portrayal of a retired policeman thoroughly obsessed by his last murder case. Okay, yeah, that's true. Also, I just wanted to read this one because I think it's funny. Uh, this is from Joe Blow, good old Joe Blow Movie Network. Hmm. Other, <laughs> other than reiterating the well-known fact that life sucks, <laughs> I didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh. I didn't really get much out of this movie. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I don't know who wrote that, but that's funny. Joe Blow wrote that, right? Yeah, oh. sure. Whoever the fuck that is. <sighs> that's funny. Yeah. So this movie does kind of reiterate that uh, life can be cruel. It can suck. Um, hey, life oh. is what we make it. This movie is all about the life that uh, Jerry Black makes for himself. So he makes himself a pretty good life there for a minute. Like the movie is not all down. Nope, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he makes himself a pretty good piece of bait, and he gets himself a nice rod. Oh, here we hang. go. Here we go. Everything he does oh. is calculated. He's the angler. Everything's calculated. It's all fishing. So he was never enjoying any of the good times with. Uh, Chrissy and his mom and her mom. 
I, I mean, I think that like he has moments where he does, like when he's at the fair and he sees the kid on the snowmobile come by yeah, and, he's re- and he's reminded of like what of his promise. Um, but like when you think think of the look on his face when um, Lori, played by Robin Wright Penn, finally like she just touches his face and he knows that she's gonna kiss him and that like finally like he's taking the next step, which has to be them like being close. He needs to be able to get the little girl in the front yard, basically. Um, and so the look on his face when she touches him, it's not like oh, at last or relief. There's like this guilty look that, that like it's a straight up guilty, displeased look. And then he touches, you know, they get See, into it. You talk about the swing set in the front yard. I thought that whole point made a lot of sense that he really did want to keep a watch on her at all Dude. times. He didn't want Dude, he didn't want her in the backyard. Right, right after that scene, after he convinces her to do it in the front yard, a giant 16-wheeler passes fucking five feet in front of the uh, thing and sprays dirt and dust all over the swing set <laughs> and all of them. It is 100% because yeah. it's bait. She is bait. When when but, she when she, when she she picks out the red dress, he doesn't say, oh, I don't yeah, like the red dress. Yeah. He says, it's your color. Mm-hmm. He wants her in the front of the house uh, with the red okay dress. now i'll give you i'll give you yeah. credit on that one that did confuse me when i was ready for him to say oh no we can't have her wear this Everything and he didn't he does, say that I mean, he walks into that um to the uh gas station before he's even walked into it he's ready to buy it because of its mm-hmm. location and he knows people come through there all the time ever yeah everything that he does it's all calculated to as bait when you see is again going back to Nicholson's nuances, his silent nuances are so good. Um, he's one of the great nonverbal actors we have. When he sees that uh, Chrissy is the daughter of this newfound friend that he has in the restaurant, that light bulb goes off. Like yep. I'm getting closer to being able to set this bear trap. That's exactly right. Uh, see, as a first-time viewer, I was not following that. I was just watching the movie. You guys have seen this more than once, so it has. Yeah, I think you have the advantage of that. You get to okay. I've seen this movie. That's I, true. I can see all the angles. Sure. I, I really, I, I didn't even make the connection that he's an angler, a fisher, and the bait thing. I didn't get that until the last of it because I really was buying into the fact that. He just did not want this girl mm-hmm. to die. That's how I saw this as a first time viewer. I'm like, he does not want this girl to die at all. He really doesn't. But if he didn't he want wants her to save to die, her life, then why and would he, he put he, her in that? Why would he put her in that situation then? Mm-hmm. He literally tells her, "Let go." The, the wizard sounds like a nice man. You go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. You're right. And let's keep yeah. this a secret between us. It is yeah, 100%, that's worth, like that's I'm not like, saying you're wrong at all. I just not see. I didn't see it at all. That's all. Yeah, so. to me, one of the big tragedies of this movie is that he's consumed by this promise and consumed by this case, and he really does want to catch this guy. But like, here is a live little girl who he could love mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. him back, and he could help and give a better life. And instead, like, he just views her as a fucking pawn to move around and to get what he wants. I th- yeah. I don't think it's that clear cut. Oh, I think it's. I think it is. I don't think it is. So I'll, I'll we'll disagree right. then. I he. There's moments in there when he's reading to her and he really enjoys that time and he, he genuinely cares about her. I think he cares. Yeah. I cares way more about the daughter Chrissy than Lori. And no, that's yeah, very he, clear to me. I'm not saying he doesn't care about them at all. I'm not saying he doesn't care about them at all. I'm saying the moves that he makes are all calculated and he has and he and that, that he put and that he's willing to sacrifice all of them is why he ends up the broken man that he is in part. I mean, like you're right that he that he does care about them genuinely, but he's still doing all of these things, like putting everyone in position. So is fucking Jackson the guy? Is no. this guy exists or was this Michael. all Oliver? 
It's it Oliver, Oliver, yeah, from the uh, Christmas Everyday Shop or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, this is it's bizarre hearing from a first time viewer here because I've seen this a dozen times. See, and, uh, that's where I got confused. They showed, yeah, they showed that scene where, oh, where's my, where's the candies? It, do we have we <laughs> do we see Oliver on screen ever? No. Oh, yeah, you see the you, back of his head when yeah, he's driving. You see, the, you see him in the back office at Plaza. You can see him oh. when she's like, Oliver, there's a customer. You can see him back there. It's all creepy. Oh. But, but going back to what we said about the, the original screenplay and how they didn't have enough money to finish it up, they had several scenes that kind of um, discuss how Gary was yeah. exonerated at the end that they didn't put in there. But, but I, thought job. Was, I thought it was actually pretty clear. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I think it was actually pretty clear. I mean, that because ultimately – you know that she's yelling for Oliver mm -hmm. and that and that when the car crashes. So you you know it's not him. It would have been nice to have a cutaway of Gary Jackson like like giving someone a baptism or something like that, showing that he's preoccupied when all this was going on. So, so that you would know for sure that it wasn't him. But the dude's name is Gary Jackson and she's calling for Oliver. Oliver's gone. Uh, and then these uh, are are porcupines at the candy store. So. Yeah. And then and then Jerry kind of drops him as a suspect after the you know, bullshit dream sequence when he when he busts in on him, he, oh, he just kind of drops out of it. So much, I, 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 I got angry. I knew it I got would. angry. There's no need. He he barges into a church and he's gonna unload on fucking Tom Noonan and a child. I mean, get the fuck out of here. We know that's not real. Sean Penn has some Oliver Stone in him in his directorial efforts. Trailer bait, man. You gotta have a moment. Yeah. You 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 watch that scene and like you try and imagine it like from like an outside perspective like without the intense music going on without the possibility that the girl's gonna get murdered and here's this motherfucker putting his Suzuki through the business trying to get to church really bad it's so yeah. funny fucked up that fence God and, damn. And, and that's like like so I've I've seen it a few times it's been many many years but this was the scene where I was like really starting to realize like man this guy is. He's like a tragic. I mean, it's, he, I, you know, he's a tragic figure because it's set up yeah. from, the, from the get go. But like, you're like, Jesus, this this guy has lost it. So I was thinking a lot about the Tom Waits song. What's he building in there? And how what's he building in there? When I was a kid, I, I listened to that song. I either I know Eric, you're familiar with what's right, he building right. in there. Um, the premise of the of this it's a spoken word piece, and the premise is like the neighbors are like, we have a right to know what he's doing. We have a right to know what he's doing in there. Like he's doing something nefarious. He's secretive, and like the reality is like who fucking knows? It's everyone secretive in their homes, right? Um, but when I was a kid, I used to be like, oh, there really is something going on there. But the joke is that. No, there isn't. Like, who who knows? And it's also made me think of the verbs, because in a lot of ways, there's like this, oh, uh, I think someone's doing something, but really they're not. But it turns out that they are. It's just someone else mm. in this case. It's not Gary Jackson. It's, mm. it's Oliver. And I, in a, in, a, and in a way, I think this movie would be a lot stronger if Oliver didn't exist. And if we learned that Gary Jackson wasn't the killer and that there was no killer, but we don't really know if, the, if, if we didn't know that um, Toby was guilty or not and if the killer was mm. out there still or not because it's it's really it's about his obsession jerry black's obsession with this promise and with the fact that he can't move on and have a real life after um after after his job i mean that scene yeah. of him out of focus in the foreground when everybody else is yeah. blurry at the party and then he sees that there's a crime and suddenly he's zip he's like whips into focus and it's like oh now i have a purpose again it's such an yeah. intriguing premise and you hear all especially if you watch all these dateline episodes like i do about how these detectives they simply they have all of these cases that just go cold they go unsolved and what that does to your psyche after retirement 
Uh, that could have been an opportunity to investigate in this. I have a couple of how it should have ended scenarios here because I do think it kind of cuts itself short at the end. And Mike, going back to like the angler aspect of the film, it's a strong motif told so beautifully in the beginning. Like the first time we see Jerry, he's baiting a hook. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's so awesome. And drinking, which I also have Super a up close shots of Glenn Fittick. Yes. Yeah, he, yeah. I'll get into his his, his vices later. But oh for, for the majority of the film, when he's on kind of this quest to set his trap, I don't know if it's the way they shoot it with this kind of lovely poetic music or what, but it, it kind of seems like his pursuit of the killer is like a hobby, like a side gig, because he seems to be having just as much fun fishing and owning a shop as he does with his pursuit of this killer. Might have been the wrong way to, to do this. That's why I saw the movie the way I did, Travis, because mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, movie fucking drags a little there's bit. a lot of dragging as a first time viewer I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm so into it initially but then like yeah because it becomes like it doesn't make it obvious that it's an obsession to me i did not see it that yeah. way i that really didn't scene to me is it clear that's an obsession he's like whipping yeah. around the, the cows and stuff I'm like oh dude yeah. this isn't right this is not normal i truly as my own first experience I thought he was just, he wanted to make sure this girl didn't die. I really thought that. That's how I saw this. And now it makes sense mm. to me. Everything you guys are saying, I agree with. You're right. I'm just telling you my perspective as a first-time viewer of the film. It's it's so slow because it's just like, yeah, we're fishing. We're going to fairs. Yeah. We're farting around. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes this guy shows up in a plow and he disappears. And Well, uh, I think that. I think that the movie somebody is needs to, gas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of customers. I think, the, I think the movie's trying to do a couple things at once, and that it's trying to show us the argument that Eric and I are making that he's fishing, that he's angling, yeah. and also that he could have happiness. Like he could make this choice at any time to 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 let the bait go and just and enjoy the life that he has with them in the town and with what he's doing and, and everything. But he just is so obsessed. And that he refuses to let go of it. Maybe I mean there is this Christian element too. Like he swears, like she, like the mother Patricia Clarkson asks him to, uh, you know, to, to to promise that he will find the killer, and then, and he says yes, and then she fucking doubles down on it. And I've always been kind of, I've, yeah, hardcore. I've always like thought that like I, I understand she's an immediately like the night that she's lost her child and she's a grieving mother, but it's always like. This is kind of shitty to put someone in this situation to make them promise on their eternal soul's salvation something that they have no control over. They can promise to try their best. It's almost over the top. It's almost it over the top, frankly. Like she'd be she's so distraught. She's terribly distraught. But she comes together with clear focus after yeah. getting the initial yes. Okay, now I got him. She's baiting him in. That's what she's yeah. doing, guys. Wow, oh, maybe she's bit. an angler. We never found out. That's I never seen so many turkeys in my life. That was amazing. Wow, what a <laughs> shot that was. That, <laughs> that was, was cool incredible. Shot. That was well a cool shot. I thought that was I'm like, wow, you know, you never get to see enough of like livestock that aren't yeah. cows in these worlds i felt bad for them too but i also was like this was the noise in the environment it was just a side note but there was a while it was a fascinating shot i agree but yeah you're right about that i think that's a really good call and then you know the other part about the eckhart character this detective who is like getting yeah. annoyed by black's constant insistence that this is real yeah uh, the, the movie plays with you with, with this relationship like 
hey, dude, you're fucking drunk, you're stupid, you're no, you're out of your element now, you lost your way, you're stressed out. And that he's goes a hot back to the... Yeah, a hot yeah, newcomer. Yeah, he's a hot newcomer, and he gets, yeah, I got that confession, you know. And Jerry's, you know, doesn't believe that that was a proper confession and all that stuff because he's cocky and younger, I suppose. I'm not exactly sure. But what I do know is that when he goes to see Helen Mirren, the psychologist, there's also the opportunity for this movie to dive into a lot of the mental health stuff going on there because he, he could be having some type of disorder that isn't a diagnosed. She's she, she, like, ask him the questions about. It's hinted you, at. It's certainly hinted it's, at. It's, it's hinted at, I guess. But like, that's if he's, that's he's either, for. is it a, okay. Is it a disorder then to just retire? And then you don't know what to do yourself. Cause I think it is actually, there's actually terminology for it where, you know, empty nest is a syndrome we hear when mm -hmm. kids leave the nest, but people who retire and lose their purpose and they no longer know what to do with themselves. And they take on all these traits. I, I, I find that to be interesting and, Maybe that could have been more dived into. It's not a big nitpick. It's just something I was thinking of. Yeah, I got a lot to say about so much of this. Uh, I think I came away with, like, my biggest takeaway here is I don't think they do a really good job with the degradation of his character because he starts out as a smoker and a, and a drinker of fine scotch. But you miss an opportunity to have him start doing both of those things as a way to like relieve stress and become not like himself because Jerry's like an awesome cop and no one questions that his business with the DNA on the buttons mm -hmm. is a possibility that never comes up again. But they paint him as this like excellent veteran cop. And then the second he comes in with like very credible circumstantial evidence, they're like, this guy's a fucking clown. Why? Well, so that was this gets to what you were saying earlier, and like maybe this is a uh, jaded view of our police system. But since you were referencing that a lot of cases cases don't get closed, I am of the thinking that that cops, especially cops in like cities like Reno, for instance, that that have a decent murder count. Here we go. They're perfectly happy to let any case close that they can, and if it is closed, you don't want to turn your ledger from black to red. And so they're resistant to it. They're the brass. And also, like, he is starting to get kind of, like, like Sam Shepard's character says to him when he brings all that stuff, he says, why don't you say they all have blue eyes? Which is a decent point. Like, yeah. it's just, I mean, like, like, there's a lot of correlation without causation in, um, in Jerry but then Black. he shows those ticks in that scene too, which yeah. I thought were a little over the top. Like suddenly, because yeah. we hadn't really seen that yet, or they're trying to show this is the first time that's happening. Betsy, you know, he couldn't get the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as someone that like, I mean, I have like, I don't know about you guys, but when I get under intense stress, um, I start to get facial ticks and I'll start stuttering and that kind of stuff. And when I, if I get to that point, I know that like things aren't. I need to calm down. Like things aren't good with me. Um, so I think that that's. Like, that's a key sign of anxiety. Okay, and, well, then maybe you know. what it says is about the cops are dicks about it, and they're, oh, yeah. they're not they're not sensitive to that at all. In fact, they look at it as a sign of weakness as opposed to like, oh, wow, yes. okay, maybe this guy's so locked in and so cares about it. Maybe we just got to calm him down a bit. They don't see it. They're like, oh, this guy's right. out of his mind. This guy's they, lost his way. They think that he's, that he's lost it, you know, that he's that it's like he just needs something to do. He needs a hobby. He should be fishing, but instead he's stuck on this cold case. That I already closed, blah blah blah. But, but I mean, it's it is it is pretty clear that the awful performance, despite the awful <laughs> performance of Benicio del Toro in this oh, movie, boy. that the that the character is is too um, you know mentally challenged to really understand what he's what he's being asked and what he's admitting to, 
it's it's pretty obvious. Like so that he also, stumbled into this body and just ran away. Ran away. Is that well? Think about it. So you have know? someone who's a Native American in this small town, and like as soon as they find out that he's Native American, they're singing Ten Little Indians. They're drawing pictures. They're like it's all racist shit. So he's right. a he's he's a he's a poor one of the poor dude he's literally we know he's poor he's one of the only um native american people around and he's got a history of things like smoking weed and statutory rape which obviously statutory rape is not okay but it's not it's not it's not murder right like it's not like he's a, but but they but when it's on the news later they're like oh he's got this history of similar crimes like no he fucking doesn't but the dude is smart enough to know that he is at risk just by finding the little girl just by seeing the little girl, I mean, like he's, he he knows that like if he gets caught with it, he's going to get in trouble. Right, because there happens to be a, yeah. a portly boy on a snowmobile, very portly, to... which is a great uh, moment of like uh, of incidents and how like if he hadn't cut his finger there, like he wouldn't have stood up when he mm-hmm. did, and, and and like the whole movie would have been different if he had not seen ah, that happen. Okay, yeah, I, I see what Sean Penn's doing there. You know it. We talk about the direction of Sean Penn here. I, yeah. Okay. There it is. Oh, man. What's that? Yes. The, what is that? The, the what's that is this guy seriously grew up watching way too many movies from the 60s and 70s because there you, you do not zoom in lightning fast like that. It's fucking annoying. It feels like I'm watching a movie from 1965, like this sudden <laughs> a shooting zoom from across the room. Like, like that is... That, that does not do dramatic tension. That just like whips me the fuck out of it. But that that's it's like he wants you to know Sean Penn's directing this movie. That's the vibe I get yeah. from this. Hey, do you know that I'm directing this movie? It's me, right. Sean Penn. Did you know that I like John Cassavetes? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, Ooh, what? Yeah, the, the the birds don't care that the little girl's dead. Come on with this already. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh um, god. Also, like. So I, I read this interview with Sean Penn and he was talking about like how whenever, you know, like at the scene with the girl's body, they're all very respectful and treated it like a shrine. Like it was like a like some sort of like homage to all the little girls that had died in the world. But I'm like, this is gratuitous, man. There is so much gratuitous close ups of this little girl's body and like her body parts and then pictures of other little girls like like later. Like like the movie is like it's straight up gratuitous. Like you don't need to show me so much brutal gore of babies. Like I don't need it. Yeah, it's it's part of the game, man. I mean, I appreciate it. It's real life. It does. Like the, I don't uh, need it. Are you, are you like the detective is like, I get an adrenaline rush from it, brah. <laughs> I, I, that, oh, I was glad that they threw oh, that man. in there. I thought that they're throwing in like the yokel, yokel local yokel who uh, <laughs> oh, you know, boy. doesn't know it. That's yeah. okay. Um, why is every single supporting character like in a small town look like they're like out of deliverance? Like, what what is this statement on like like small towns in like the, Nevada? Like, everyone looks like. They are not dealing with a full deck. And I thought maybe it, it could make Jerry look more in charge of his faculties. And yet we're supposed to think that he's the one that's not in charge of it. So why is everyone so like, they got that sweet you know what I mean. party. I mean, they're throwing a great party at that joint. That's a swanky place. I thought it looked good over there. And are you talking about like know. when he goes out to the, you know, to the middle talking, of nowhere? Yeah. I'm talking about Harry Dean like, like with Lori's lack daughter. of a tooth. I'm talking yeah. about Lori's tooth. I'm talking about all the dudes at the bar, like these slack jawed yokels. I actually like, really like that it? her tooth gets capped during the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, so did I. It's so it's a great sense like, of detail. Good yeah. job. 
well, things are getting better for her. It. You know, Jerry. That's right, because that's, that's what would happen. Yeah, he's got to draw her in. You got to fix that tooth. That makes sense to me now. <laughs> tell me now I it. see it. Right, I just no, didn't he see is. it before. I mean, that, that's yeah. how he provides for her. Like he provides a house, and like, and I and I do think that like part of him is like she needs a place to stay. This will be safe. This really would be better for her. And also, if I could get her to stay. I could use the little girl. You know what I mean? I, like, I think he, in the same way, he's like, I enjoy, you know, reading fee fi fo fum and all that shit to her. But also, you know, just because it could work out, I could use right. her to, and, and like in his mind, since he's the good guy, this all, this is all justified. So when, when Lori is called apparently off screen by, by um, Aaron Eckhart's character and she comes and picks up her daughter and is screaming, I'm like, you're a fucking crazy person. Like he doesn't even know how to respond. Like, and like, I love this look on his face is he's still constantly looking around for the wizard as she's screaming at him. Like, you're like, Oh dude, you really are like, like you are just so obsessed. I will say uh, I was very on edge a lot. A lot of suspense in this movie as a first time viewer. I, I even thought, at that ending scene when Lori confronts Jerry about the bait of Chrissy, mm-hmm. she's pissed as hell that when she tells her to go to the car that she would still get murdered over there to that point. I really did. I'm like, why would you make – don't tell her to go run and sit in the right, car right, by right. yourself. That didn't make any sense. You're you're freaking out that that uh, your daughter is about to get kidnapped by a psycho killer, and you're going to let her out of your sight. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> but I still, yeah, Sean Penn definitely got me in this movie. I'll give him credit for that for his direction. I was constantly, I didn't know. I was like, oh, is this where it's going to happen? Oh no! Oh, is this it? Uh, who's who? What's happening? My, oh, I, my, I was I'm confused. St- I'm sitting here waiting in anticipation of your big. That is such bullshit. <laughs> this car crash where the wizard dies like are you kidding me you guys aren't talking about like the, how, I how the fuck like you it. think, you think oh, Jerry like didn't tell like, explain what the vehicle was going to look like when he has a fucking SWAT it's team out there waiting for it to come it's come totally burned it's You're burned these detectives can't tell that's a, a dark a station wagon just they're like not, they're sitting there waiting for well, no because they've already their, dismissed him so yes, badly they're exactly. they, look Everything huh. Eckhart's saying there in the front of the seat is like this is fucking sad and he's, yeah, he's bummed out. He's like, he calls him a yeah. drunken clown. He's he not does. thinking he doesn't think, oh, there's a black uh station wagon. He thinks there's a blackened corpse, which again, like here's here's three different angles on this blackened corpse. Uh, <laughs> we really no, got in on that, yeah. So I really like I said earlier, I really think the movie would be stronger if we didn't know anything about the wizard, or if the wizard could be like Gary Jackson, where he's actually well intentioned. Um, I, I think it would, the movie would be stronger if we didn't know. But being that it is like it is, um, you, you kind of get it both ways. And that and that Jerry is um, validated. Everything he's done is validated by the existence of this. And it's only happenstance that keeps the wizard from getting there on time. Uh, and then we and so and so we also see what would happen if the wizard had ever existed in the first place, which is Jerry ruins his life with this obsession and ends up a drunken fucking stumbling mess making out with no one in the middle of the air. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so Eric, uh, I really I enjoyed the ambiguity and the confusion, uncertainty of, yeah, you know, boy, you are right, Jerry was right but people don't know that and there's so much about life where we are hunches and these things that we know to be true there's a lot that plays into religious tones as well with all that and what we know and don't know about this earthly realm i i thought that was that was kind of cool i really didn't have a beef with it i i but but that point of the movie though i was just like i that's why i brought up that ending scene 
I did give a fuck. Like you would think that would be kind of emotional, maybe as someone mm-hmm. who's watching this for the mm-hmm. first time, but like I was just so done with the movie by the time it was over too that I maybe I didn't even have strong opinions at that point because I was like, could we cut twenty five minutes off this film? Uh, and for them to not get to all the scenes they wanted to do, and it's like ah, another, but you know, part of me was like another scene <laughs> yes! of him. Part of me was like another scene of him fishing, but like you didn't get it. I didn't. You didn't. I, I didn't. mean, like it's 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 actually kind of heavy handed, but um, it but, is. So maybe they it is more. so obvious now, maybe, and I maybe they needed more images of him fishing. I don't know. I I've no. watched a few movies, but shit, yeah, I I just didn't catch it. I think um, I I. I, I think the film could be a little bit longer i would attack down a few more scenes at the wow. end uh maybe even one where he reads the next day's paper and learns about this crash um but i think i would like a nice scene where maybe patricia clarkson like visits him and like thanks him for say like, for finding him because she thinks it was toby wadnam and yet he still has to kind of live with it he can't drop it there and say well she's satisfied now i can move on that that, that could be an interesting, interesting character moment yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just said to end on this downer and fucking Sean Penn, every one of his movies is is so melancholy. And I don't I, yeah. I'm trying to figure out where that comes from, because I know his father, Leo Penn, was blacklisted from Hollywood. So it might be a middle finger to conventional storytelling, but it's just so morose. Well, I think it goes back to what I the what I said earlier about I think he really is strongly strongly influenced with films of the 70s and films mm-hmm. of the 70s are yeah. all about ambiguity and darkness yeah. and dysfunction in culture and society and yeah. how it, it, these things fail us and this movie very much is that I think this is a, 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 a soil green yeah well oh, yeah awesome uh, I think this is like an obvious inheritor of those kinds mm-hmm. of movies yeah. That's a great call, Travis. And, you know, I like Sean Fenn. Mm-hmm. Not as an actor either. I just like, I think he's misunderstood as a person. And, you know, he gets, it's easy to be exploited in the world and the media sure. we live in today. I think he actually means well and has a ton of depth to him, which I, re- I appreciate that yeah, in I the fast him. food Hollywood business that is so common in mainstream film. He puts his money where his mouth is. Hell yeah, he does. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Plus he called El Chapo. I mean, that's amazing. That's <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was so yeah. awkward. That was so like out of left fucking feel. But you know. Right, it's, it's an all-timer, man. It's so <laughs> fucking bizarre. It's really fascinating. They should do a movie on that. Uh a couple more minutes. We should wrap this up here. Uh, any other final notes? I love getting um, some notes from you guys. Ten dollars to fun. fill your tank. Does that break your heart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely uh, that one hit home. Cash too. Uh, Seeing cash is weird. Have you ever used one of those uh, manual credit card machines in an early yes. job? Oh, yeah. yeah, I love the guy's <laughs> look on the guy's face. <laughs> Jack is tearing the shit out of his credit card. Can we talk more the about top. the interrogation scene and how fucking weird it is? The, the coercion scene? Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted the to say that. <laughs> everything but I mean, a blowjob. Everything but a blowjob. I mean, it's so intimate. It's 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 bizarre. It's very like, weird. It's a, for it's who a, he looks like such a masculine man he plays a masculine man yeah he goes he starts like wow. playing with his hair it's very like a like it's i mean it's so cold and calculated yes. to like to like i mean it's awful and it's like it's brutal but it's also like a it's just a different like it, it, i've never seen an interrogation scene remotely like that and it and Mm-mm. you know i don't know that he needs to lay it on as thick as he does because that's partly why he says i'm gonna get this uh, uh confession in record times because he knows the dude is not you know, mentally up for it, for what he's about to put him through. And he'll do anything. Oh, yes. Almost anything, it seems like. That was... Yeah. Watching that scene, I'm like, wow, this is 
graphically bizarre, even though it's not so graphic. It's just it's such an emotional violation. It is graphic in a way when you think about it because yeah. he is he's rubbing his tummy. He's like, okay, yeah. baby. And he, and actually, you know, he's unzip his pants or something. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? But not hold up in court. And we didn't mention the fact that this is the first first of two times that Benicio del Toro's played a Native American when he has no uh, indigent blood in his body. Oh, yeah, uh, that's true, too. And also, you know, I this has always bothered me in movies. Movies make it seem like it's so easy to get a fucking gun out of a cop's holster, man. Get the fuck out of here. That is so I, difficult to do. I don't care what kind of criminal you might or might not be. Fuck that. I'll give credit to the guy that played the cop, though. I thought he did a yeah, good job of acting awesome. like terrified afterwards like, they presented them as kind of like keystone cops deputies mm-hmm. that don't even want to fucking do their jobs and report uh, the, the murder to the parents oh yeah one of them drops a pen yeah. And, yeah. and that's and that gets to like partly like like nicholson's idea is like these like these guys are they need me that like how how is justice going to be served like the only the only old school guy left who's still in charge is, is sam shepherd's character like i still have the you know the 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 chops and the wherewithal and the integrity to to do Good the job call. right. So I will I will take the last six hours of my shift and skip the rest of my, uh you know my party here in order to do this. And also by the way, if we're talking about like people like his coworkers not liking him, how angry would you be if you threw in uh, money to a trip to Baja and the dude just went to the airport bar and got a drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, god damn, man. That was like a big deal, you fucking asshole. That's a dick move. And credit to the movie. Nobody wants to tell the parents. I thought that was fantastic. You don't yeah. see that enough. He'd rather police. not. Everyone thinks that <laughs> every police not. officer is just ready to do their job. Every police officer is just ready to go to tell the worst news to everybody every day. That is just not true, and that was refreshing to see in the film. Kudos to the movie for that. Yeah. I think that there is a, a realism to the movie in a lot of ways. Also, oh, yeah. real quick, it was yeah. so nice to see Dale Dickey just play a cop. Like she's always <laughs> stuck playing like the same fucking character over and over again, and especially yeah. with given like the the kind of rural feeling that you were referring to earlier about the people who live outside of of, of Reno. Like mm-hmm. you know, Dale Dickey's been kind of typecast as a certain kind of person, per, certain kind of American. So it was really cool to see her just doing her job, looking like. Like she'd showered like she's a normal human being, which she clearly <laughs> obviously is. She's just always playing like this kind of like like hill person or something. I, I thought she did a good job. Sean Penn's mom's in the movie too. That's fun. Is she? Yeah. yeah. She plays the secretary, uh Jerry's secretary there, Jean. I'm not That's here. Dude. I'm not here, Jerry. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, man. In the beginning. Um, yeah. Well shit. Um All right. Chris- well, Uh Uh-oh. Usually when Eric says, oh, well, shit, it's time for us to find out, does this movie hold up or not? Here's what he really thinks. (laughs) You want want to go? Uh, You sound like you're ready to go, Eric. But this is the kind of the first time. It's always so weird when you sit down and, like, nitpick a movie that you've seen many, many times and and (laughs) and clearly have enjoyed over the years. Um, But it... Like one of those things, man, where like it, there's there's so many like odd things about it. Does does it hold up overall? And there's there's stuff in here that I love, man. Like little things that are just shown to us and not told. Like when Jerry looks out the window and sees the elderly person on the yes. walker, and he awesome. kind of you could you don't need any words to see that, that he's looking at his own future. He doesn't want to turn out yeah. like that. Uh it's little stuff like that, man. Um <sighs> 
but there's just so much for for a, for a filmmaker like Sean Penn who so desperately wants to be this like new voice and this new auteur, a return to old school cinema. There's a lot of cliches here. There's like ten red herrings that are super obvious. There's scenes that seem kind of put in just to like have his acting buddies show up. Like I love the Mickey Rourke scene. I fucking love uh. that performance. But it's like take this out. Does the movie change? Yeah, yeah, I know. We get the point totally. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> he goes to Helen. Why does he go to a, a? Why does he go to this psychologist? Like to, to, to show the, the, yeah, the picture. Like, that's yeah. come on. But maybe that, part that, of him knows he needs to talk to a fucking psychologist. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I, I return to this because I like the acting and I like kind of the atmosphere that Sean Penn creates. It's a very haunting first act, and it's and it snares you. Um, fuck, this is going to be a rough one. I know I'm going to regret it. Fast and the Furious? Is it as good as Fast and the Furious? I did. <laughs> <laughs> you said, hold up. That's the these are comparisons. These are individual bubbles. <laughs> the individual bubbles don't vengeance. let him influence you. Fuck. Furry Vengeance. Um, is it as yeah. good as Furry Vengeance? I, I, don't do this. I think it holds up as a, as a character piece. It's easy to look at this and be can picture uh, hope for a conventional thriller with a nice tidy ending, but I return to it because I like this study of this man who falls into obsession. Oh, for even for its inconsistencies. I still like the film. All right. Okay. Good for you, buddy. I know that was tough. I could feel the pain. Rough. It was rough. Let me go next and you can round things out, or Mike. Um, I'm Mike. Okay. You are Mike. Uh, yeah, this is for me. This is one of the reasons why we do this show. I have a certain idea of this of a movie in my head, especially something that's been fifteen whatever years since I've seen, and it's good to go back and like sit down and really focus on it and be like, does this quite is this quite hitting everything that in my mind it does? Because this is one that I've kept on a bit of a pedestal in my mind, not as like a perfect movie that I'm going to watch over and over again, but as one of the stronger um Nicholson performances and is and is one of the best or, or probably my favorite Sean Penn directorial feature. So it was interesting to sit down with a pen and paper and I came to some of the same conclusions as you, Eric. Like there's definitely like, okay, how many of your buddies do you need to get in this thing? Because it's starting to feel, yeah, like we said earlier, like we started, like it's it's a little bit showy offy and it's not always serving the, the purpose of the film. Is it cool to see Lois Smith and Jack Jack Nicholson reunited after five easy pieces fucking 40 years later or whatever? Yeah, that's cool. But I, 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 there's some of it just felt like uh, flexing. And uh, I don't think that Sean Penn, as far as some of his, like I was saying with the zooms, the intense zooms, close-ups and stuff. I think that some of his uh, directorial choices are questionable, but I think he's really good at letting actors do their thing, which is partly, he's obviously a, a director's actor, which is partly why Benicio does what he does. But the but what Nicholson is doing here, stop. Uh, what Nicholson is doing here, I really do think this is some of the strongest work in a really strong career. I think that this is a really actualized character that we see take this arc and we see go through these changes. I agree that there's a few steps that are kind of left out, particularly when it comes to his substance abuse. It is established, but I think it could have been a little fleshed out more. Um, and and I and I've made my critiques about um, the killer and that kind of stuff. But this movie works in so many layers. Like in in some ways, Mike, I you know I, I like try to disabuse you of your mind of your view on it. But in, in a lot of ways, it's how you 
saw it as perfectly legitimate and accurate, right? Like, I mean, I think that there's ways to look at this movie and dissect it and probably, you know, I've got different things coming at this time. I remember like the first few times I saw this movie, I, I never quite grasped that Gary Jackson, Tom Noonan's character is completely harmless. I still thought there was something kind of insidious about him, but watching it this time, I'm like, he's just a Christian trying to reach out to little kids, which that's predatory in its own way, I guess. Like, you know, try and talk to the mother, not the daughter. Like, what are you doing? But um, but still, overall, like, I, I, I got to say, this absolutely holds up. I didn't really have any question if it holds up. Um, it's not as, as, as good as I remember, admittedly, but it's still a really strong movie, and it was nice to revisit it. All righty. <laughs> Wow. So, never saw the film. I admire a lot of people in the movie. Some beautiful shots, some fantastic mm -hmm. acting, mm -hmm. a story. I think it's hard to follow, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish I could never have the experience you guys have had because I didn't see it originally or even multiple times. So, mm. you know, I, I never saw it back in the day. So does it hold up? I mean, shit, I, I, you know, this is what happens when you <laughs> see a movie for the first time. Does it hold up today? I'll have to do it from the point of view of society and that such, you know, does it hold society. up as a film and an entertainment piece, uh, a think piece? Uh, you know, it's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling <laughs> I mean, it turns with stardom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but everything you guys told me about the movie makes it a lot more interesting now. And and I appreciate all, you know, symbolism and and uh, metaphors and all that fun crap. But uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, some of it I just, I missed. And Tom Noonan is somebody who is... I think it's fair to say generally like a scumbag on screen so they sure sure he he i'm like oh, he's got yeah he's got to be a scum i mean he was classically the villain in uh what was it part five of uh the franchise in uh <laughs> last action hero what is that the jack oh slayer franchise God, i can't believe this <laughs> i cannot believe this uh, but he's actually a bad guy in manhunter too or back in the day uh, yes, for Michael he's, Mann. he's a bad guy in most movies except for yeah. eight legged freaks so that's probably I'm sure that was there's like oh well let's let's throw a curveball here you know it's Tom Noonan, uh, you know th that's a big problem for me is it just oh boy. it was dragging ass and maybe if I'd seen it the way you guys saw it I would have been like oh wow okay yeah but for me it's just like oh big score swell <laughs> we're looking at the sea you know look at the lake and, and there were several of those there were several like montage scenes in this movie. Which, fishing montage scenes, true. One which, scene, uh, it's just like him driving from a bunch of different angles. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, check out this. Did, was that a, I can't, was that a Nissan? I'm not sure what that, that was. Pathfinder? It was a Suzu, I think. Oh, Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah, I'm like, is this a fucking Suzuki ad? What the yeah. fuck is going on here? So, yeah, Jack Douglas is a god. Sean Penn's a legend. All these character actors yeah. who are actual main leading actors as well in other films are... They're, you know, they speak for themselves. I don't need to justify or, or belittle. I just think it was kind of hard to follow this fact that this guy existed at this Christmas store. And I also thought there was there's a movie going on here that was all about people who had 
handicaps, <laughs> mental handicaps and deficiencies because it seemed like mm. this girl at the store might have had something going on there. Mm. I wasn't sure. So it's like, oh, there's like this whole world that he's going to dive into. The movie didn't exactly go that way, but I, I, I just don't think it holds up. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. I'm sorry. And it's nothing personal you don't to have anyone. To I mean, yeah. we didn't make it. We forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't hold up for me. Mm. I wonder if you, I wonder if you had seen it without um the expectation, without the critical eye, if you would have maybe had a little more patience for it. I agree that it does drag. Uh the the middle third or so, it does get a little yeah. like okay. Like trying get to get it. to its surprise ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's not perfectly paced. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you at all for coming to the conclusion that you did. Oh, it's close though. I mean, this is uh, this could have been man. It's Jack. I know it could have gone the other way. That's, Not that's blood and wine, Jack. This like, is prime Jack. You could sit me down for five minutes and probably <laughs> change my mind very quickly. I'm not going to lie about that. But for now, I'm going to. I think I'm going to stick to it. I'll stick to that. I just so. spent like an half, an hour and a half. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. The pledge. The pledge. That was our our uh, analysis of the pledge. the pledge. It's been on my list for so long. I'm glad to it. finally knock it off. I really wish I would have seen it before. That's my big regret of this whole episode is I wish I'd seen this movie before. So, guys, if you have a chance to see a movie and you're younger, Watch think it. about that you might do a podcast <laughs> yeah. in 20 yeah. years yeah. and you regret live. that you didn't see that movie later. That Think right. about that. Learn from my mistake. Life is for TV. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. All right, there it is. Thank you so much. CinemaNightPodProTML.com. Before we go, we always give you next week's selection, and we are returning to the world of Eric Brandstrom. It's like right. Narnia, except it's about movies. Your movie <laughs> choices to be exactly. What's it going to mean next week, Eric Brandstrom? It's a world free of tooth pain, finally. And uh, no, right. it's wonderful Rob, news. So. Rife with AW Zero Sugar Poop here. Yeah, no. You guys are going to kill me. You guys are going to kill me. But fuck it, fuck, it, fuck it. Fuck it, dude. Next week is my birthday. I'm going to be celebrating my 42nd birthday. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way as far okay. as this selection is concerned. We could have a wolf situation here because um, it's a movie I've seen quite a bit. Uh, but I'm interested to. To t- tackle it with a pen and paper at this uh, at this stage in my life, uh, a film that was bashed by critics but has since uh, gained a sincere following. Talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, from 1993, a film by John McTiernan, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom oh, Noonan. I just said that. Action what? hero. Woo! That's hilarious. Big guns. Wow. Big guns. I'm ready. Oh, yes. Cock the hammer. Cock the hammer also on that soundtrack. Practice. So, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. We've had a dour couple of late weeks with some fucking murder mystery thrillers. Time Dude, to I, I was practice. Usually when I pick, like I try to yeah. find, like I try to like, you know, shift gears and stuff. And after Fogger, like I under or yeah. if I hadn't already suspended this one a whole month, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm grateful for the diversion. Oh man. Left. Dude, I'm gonna be doing so many Daddies next week. There's gonna be a ton of those. Yeah. Daddy! Wow. Alright, this is a good it. call. I don't I don't think it's so clear. We'll we'll be uh curious to see how that one goes. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Uh by the way, we are living in the modern day uh hmm. <laughs> 
Curious F. Marie Abraham Assange. There's an F. Marie Abraham Assange going on right now. There yeah. really is. I watched that show, the the Ravens banquet thing. He was in that and hilarious. And then he's the voice of the God uh, in the Moon Knight show. And he's at, yeah, he's everywhere, man. He's on a roll. Good for him. What yeah. more F. Marie Abraham in my life? Absolutely. Also, we have a Patreon. You should check hmm. out our Patreon oh, yeah. account. It wouldn't be a bad idea. We host. We only waited an hour and thirty-three minutes to mention it. Yeah, uh, we should probably mention it more often. We have a uh, pretty regular. Uh, stuff we're putting out there some extra bonus content check it out check us out for five bucks a month you can get more of us it's always in the description too the link is always there so uh it's definitely in the show notes click on the link and uh come along for a ride you know it could be fun uh, is there any fun the pledge quote to end from? All right, let's do it. Travis Roy, Eric Bresham, Mike Govia. Thank you so much, everybody. We love doing the show. Thank you for your time and energy. We're out of here.